Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, I hope you're as excited about going into the end of the year as I am. You know, this can be a really invigorating time, or it can be a time that's kind of discouraging. Now, it's invigorating if you've already decided what you want the next year to look like. If you haven't made any plans and you're afraid it's going to just roll into looking like this year did, it can be discouraging. Now, this can really be accentuated, either good or bad. Now, you've seen this played out, I'm sure. I mean, people who know what they're going to do the next year, this is an exciting time because all they're doing is just getting ready to rock and roll when the clock strikes 2014. Now, I know that's what I'm doing. This is especially a cool time because you're going to be listening to this. This is going to go up on November the 8th. I'm recording on the 5th, but it'll go up on the 8th. That means we're getting ready to go into the week in which we fall on November 14th. Now, why do you think November 14th is a special time in my mind? It's because that's 48 days until the new year starts. And that's my deadline for having things laid out that I want to have happen in the next year. And I hope that's your plan as well. Now, I'm hearing from a lot of people right now who are on both sides of the fence here, people who really know what they want to accomplish. And they're simply asking, you know, how can I make this? How can I knock this out of the park next year? And also I'm hearing from a lot of people who are saying, I don't have a clue. And I'm afraid next year is going to look just like this year and last year. What can I do to break the cycle, get out of my own version of Groundhog Day? Well, we're going to be talking about some of the things you can do to break that cycle or explode your success Either one you're ready for. I hope you're in the latter group, obviously, that you're that you're already making plans for what you're going to do to release the very best year that you've ever had. I don't know when I've ever been as excited about entering a new year as I am now because we're getting ready to launch some new initiatives here at 48 Days. And they're things that I could not have even dreamed up two or three years ago. Things that use new technology, new ideas, new ways of connecting people that we just didn't have a couple years ago. So I'm really jazzed about it. And I know you are as well. If you're one of our regular listeners, I know you're in that camp. So let's rock and roll. Here's some of the things we're going to be looking at this week. Our theme for today is, what did you did? I know that's pretty poor English grammar. I'll explain in a minute. Here's some of the questions we've got. Dan, I feel like I need to make a job change and I need to do it in a hurry. And what he's asking is, can he condense the 48 days into a shorter time frame? Sure, absolutely. You can do it in one day. I'll tell you how to do that. Dan, I currently work four days a week at a job in a nonprofit that I used to love. Hmm, that's an interesting setup for a question and a job that I used to love. How about this? Is it ever a good idea to talk to your competitors? You may be surprised at what I answered. Nah, you won't be surprised. You know how I feel about competitors. Competition is old school. I'll tell you what the new word is, and you won't forget it either. Dan, can you recommend any resources on finishing what one starts? Yeah, I can. 
I'll give you some tips for how to do that. Do great products always solve someone's pain? Great questions. I love sorting through the questions each week. If you got a question, just go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast link. You can ask a question there. Or you can just shoot an email to ask Dan at 48 days, or you can go to the podcast link and use SpeakPipe. You'll see the little icon over on the right hand side. Just click on that and start talking. Jeez, I love the technology on these new new computers that we have these days where you can do just click a button and start recording a video. Just click a button and you can record a question. I mean, the functionality is absolutely stinking amazing. Well, I said, what did you did? Let's unwrap that poorly constructed grammatical sentence. That was mine originally. Here's what it comes from. Remember Shill Silverstein wrote those great stories for kids. Golly, I know there was one our kids used to memorize. There was about too many butts in this tub. Not sure whose butt I'm scrubbing. And it, it was a hilarious little ditty. But anyway, Shel Silverstein. Here's one. All the woulda, coulda, shouldas laying in the sun, talking about the things they woulda, coulda, shoulda done. But all those woulda, coulda, shouldas all ran away and hid from one little did. Isn't that the truth? People talk about, ah, oh, I should have, I would have, I could have. But hey, just don't tell me what you would have, should have, could have. Just tell me what you did. They all ran away and hid from one little did. Love that. That's our thought for today. Now, as you know, we usually start off with some success stories. Got lots of things percolating this week, as always. Let me read a note to you from Matt Robinson from Woodbury, Minnesota, who said, I just want to say thank you for your help in my career transition. I've been working as a school psychologist for the past 14 years, but have attempted to transition from my position unsuccessfully for the past five years. This past spring, I began listening to your podcast, purchased the 48 Days to the Work You Love book. I followed your plan and have just accepted a position in an education technology company that's a much much better fit for my skills and for my family. Hey, rock and roll. Yay, team. Um, Matt says, what was missing in the previous years of job searching was a clear definition of what I'm working toward instead of simply trying to move away from my old position. Through the processes in your book, I was able to explore and eventually clearly define my God-given strengths and talents. Communicating that message to prospective companies set me apart from the competition. Through your help, my wife can now cut back to part-time hours in order to spend more time with our children. Thank you so much for your help and much thanks to your friend Dave Ramsey for pointing me in your direction. May God continue to bless you, your family, and your work. Well, thanks, Matt. Congratulations on taking action to clarify what you're moving to And that's a real important principle. A lot of people know what they're moving from, but they haven't clarified what they're moving to. So they get stuck in the process, frustrated, discouraged, or frightened, and simply stay with what they have. But as soon as you get clear on what you're moving to, then boldness, confidence, enthusiasm, break through to the surface and help you go directly toward that very thing. All right, a couple more here. This comes from Dave Weiss from Mooresville, Pennsylvania. Thanks for mentioning quirky.com on a recent episode. Now quirky, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's a place where people can put their inventions, ideas, and then people, just the crowd who anybody who wants to look there 
decides whether it's worth pursuing. So you have to get enough votes from people who are looking in for them to even consider it. And then they consider it, they develop it. Different people can add their input. If they actually launch an idea, multiple people can benefit from the success of that. They launch them, they uh, go forward. They have open meetings in New York City. I'm definitely going to get up there and take one in the next time I'm in New York City. But they have open meetings where they vote on ideas. And I, I love what they do because it's so contrarian to sophisticated marketing plans and technology and all that. They simply have a bunch of people show up. Anybody can show up and they vote by a raise of hands as to whether people think they should pursue an idea or not. I mean, how cool is that? I love it. Anyway, Dave says, thanks for mentioning quirky.com on a recent episode. I'm an artist, a speaker, and a minister. You gave me some advice a while back and part of it involved multiple income streams. I was listening to a speaker not long ago and he told a story that was just baffling to me. I'm a cartoonist and I got this image of the audience sitting there with thought balloons over their heads with question marks in them. All of a sudden I had my first quirky submission, the portable thought balloon. It's a dry erase thought balloon that you wear in your head. It's a silly novelty, but I'm hoping it comes through as an income stream to help me do some serious ministry. I need about 70 votes to get into the next phase. Thanks for all you do. I love it. Love it. Now I went there. Now I'm going to encourage our listeners to go there too. Now there's a whole lot of ideas percolating around there on quirky.com. It's just Q-U-I-R-K-Y.com. But search up in the search bar for portable thought balloon. It'll go right to Dave's idea. Vote for that. I just did. Dave has about 49 votes at this point. He needs 70 for them to pursue it any farther. So go in and make sure that Dave's idea gets on the board at least. It's a cute idea. It's got a little diagram there of what it'll look like. Just a little, like a, a little headband that my granddaughters wear, but then attached to the headband is this little thought balloon. With a, that's a dry erase marker where you can write your thoughts on there. It is. It's a cute novelty. I hope they pursue it, and I hope it's one of many ideas that you put up there so you can uh, enjoy the benefits of the whole process. Cool idea. Love what we're seeing develop there. Now, another thing. Uh, Joel Balgus was in town here last week and last weekend, and he did his book launch. Now, he was going to do it here at the sanctuary, but and the crowd got to be rather large where he wasn't able to do it here. And so he moved it over to Christ Church, did it there, invited a lot of people. Joel is doing a whole bunch of things right in this book launch. Now, it's published by Sound Wisdom. His publisher was here. Well, both, two, two guys from his publishing team, David and Nathan, both really neat guys. We just had a blast. Joel and Pay came, did a great job. Their book launched. Now, today that I'm recording this, November 5th, is the official launch date. And with all he's done in terms of doing interviews and just setting things up, that book right now is at 4,367 on Amazon. And let me tell you all, it takes a whole lot to break into the top thousand on Amazon. When you break into the top thousand, I mean, keep in mind they have millions of books there. And there are books that are selling well that never get above a hundred thousand. 
to break into these numbers is really spectacular. So congratulations to Joel on Finding Your Voice, his book, Finding Your Voice, Sort Through the Clutter, Discover Clarity, Confidence, and Direction. I was honored to write the foreword on that book, but today's the launch date and it's coming way up there on Amazon, which is a wonderful and amazing thing to see. Not easily done. Joel's been working toward this date for about a year now, and it looks like that's paying off. So as you know, after we do the uh, little success stories here, we got a little theme that goes with that. Yes, indeed. These are the champions. These are people who are out there making it happen. People who are taking action. People who are not just dreaming, hoping, wishing, praying. People who are taking action. You know, sometimes people are offended at my approach to what people often do in prayer. A lot of times praying is just a politically correct way to procrastinate and do nothing. Yeah, we want to bathe our ideas and plans in prayer, but we need to take action. And Sometimes people think that's superseding God, somehow stepping ahead of him to create a plan of action and act on it. No, it's linking arms with God, perhaps, to do what he's allowed us to do, to lay it out, take action. So we want to do that. Congratulations to our champions for the week. Well, let's go into some questions here. This comes from Bill from Tupelo, Mississippi. I can never say Tupelo without thinking Elvis Presley. Is that true for all of you? I mean, that's where Elvis grew up. There's, of course, museums and things there. It's at the end of the Natchez Trace. Natchez Trace starts right here in Franklin, Tennessee. It's that beautiful drive where it's got a really low speed limit, a lot of bikers, bicyclists on the trail as you go down. But it's a beautiful drive down through the country, and it goes from here down to Tupelo, Mississippi. Anyway, Bill comes from Tupelo. It says, Dan, I've been a property casualty agent for the past 10 years, past eight years, but I'm ready for a change. Auto insurance has become a commodity these days, very competitive. I have a chance to work from home selling health insurance plans online with a reputable company. This is a great need now with all the changes in healthcare. Great track record with real upside commission and renewals, team support, very little cost to get started and I'm not restricted by territory. I already have the life health license required. Wanting to work my way out of the captive PNC agency, property and casualty office setting. Good idea. Thanks for all you do. God bless. Yeah, I'd say it's great timing. Now, what you're going to have the opportunity to do is be ready to spend time educating people on their options. I mean, with all the changes in healthcare, everybody's confused. I know I am. I have a drawer full right now. Now, Joanna and I are getting ready to take a little trip, but when I get back, I've got a drawer full of information clipped together about all the changes in healthcare, and I've got notices from our healthcare insurance company that we, you know, we have to make certain changes. I have no clue what I'm going to do. I need somebody to sit down with me and educate me, just walk me through what the options are. If you can do that, if you have a chance to do that, I mean, yes, I think now's a great time to do that. There's so much confusion. And if you've got a clear solution for people's questions with great commissions and then renewals and all that, sure. Sounds, sounds great. I mean, when, when we recognize something that's changing like that, it opens up the door of opportunity where it's a window of opportunity and sounds like you're ready to jump on it. I'd say go for it. 
All right, here comes a question who asked to not use his name or location. He says, I feel like I need to make a job change and I need to do it in a hurry. I have 48 days to the work you love. I'm working through it on day three, but I'm wondering if there's a way to accelerate that. There've been some occurrences at my job recently in the last 24 hours that have shaken me. And my fear is that if I don't accelerate the plan, I'll run out of time at the day job and won't have 48 days to work the plan while employed. Thanks for any suggestions you might have. Well, absolutely. You, you can condense the 48 days, the 48 days that I lay out in 40 and you can, you know, go right to the worksheets on resources at 48days.com and get that 48 day plan. But you'll see a lot of it has to do with personal introspection. I mean, I really believe that if you're going to move forward with confidence, 85% of the process is a result of looking inward first. It's not looking at who's hiring where the job opportunities are. Those can create band-aid short-term solutions. The real great decisions come from knowing yourself so well that you've created a clear focus, knowing what you bring to the table in terms of skills and abilities, what you offer in terms of your personality traits, what you see as recurring themes in your passions, dreams, goals. And to do that, for most people, it requires a little time of introspection. Now, if you're clear on that already and know what it is you want to accomplish, you, you can come up with any kind of schedule that you want. You can make that really short if you want. Now, in there, I lay out a professional job search strategy where you identify 30 to 40 target companies and then you send them a letter of introduction telling them that four or five days later, you're going to send them a resume and your cover letter telling them in that cover letter that you're going to call them four or five days after that. So it's a sequence strategy and that gets people the multiple job offers. A lot of times you hear here in the podcast where I read notes from people that say, gee, I got three job offers, you know, in 10, 10, 10 interviews, you know, three solid job offers. I'm negotiating compensation packages on those boom and we go on from there i mean that's what those kind of the results those people are getting when they use that plan you can shorten that depending on the kind of job that you're looking for you can go out tomorrow and just walk into a couple places and get job offers i mean 47 percent of jobs are still gotten by simply walking in the front door one of the the gals that i mentioned on here the gal who i've got her on a, a car plan and she's doing her own Christmas savings plan. I talked to her again yesterday and she's doing some exciting things, but she recently found out that the company she was working for was losing their contract. It's medical care records company and was losing their contract at the end of the year. And they encouraged her to go ahead and start looking for a job. She went out and one day had two interviews and two job offers, both of which were very good. And she accepted one of those and is going to start in about a week. No preparation, no going through the 48 days process. She just went out to two companies that were obvious candidates as a likely match for the skills she has in medical records and just had interviews on the spot and got two job offers. So yeah, you can do that. You can shorten the time frame dramatically. 48 days is, I use that because I don't want people to stretch it out where six months go by and they say they've been looking for a job. Or I talked to somebody recently 
this being November, who lost his job in December. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, there's something else going on that has nothing to do with the economy or who's hiring. That's a, that's a, that's a challenge between our own two ears. If that job search has stretched out in that period of time. So 48 days is a reasonable time frame in which to assess where you are, get the advice and opinion of other people, select the two or three best options, do a little bit more research, boom, act. I mean, you walk right through that process. 48 days is adequate time to certainly make a career change. Start your own business or get a new job. And if you want to shorten it to where you just simply are going to get another job, and you can do that in one afternoon if you want to. Uh, you may just, just make sure that you're not just impulsively going out and just getting something that may be nothing but a Band-Aid. Make sure you take enough time to kind of frame what you want so that what would be the ideal so that you position yourself for that select companies that are target companies has nothing to do with who, what you read in the paper, who's hiring. I mean, again, if you wait till you see who's hiring, you've lost your window of opportunity. Go take a proactive approach to companies where you would like to be involved before they announce that they're hiring anybody. That's how we find those 87% of the jobs in the hidden job market and really the best opportunities. All right, let me move on. Okay, this comes from Mark. And um, Mark is in Texas. He says, Dan, I'd like to know your opinion on internet marketing as a business. I'm interested in creating niche sites as taught by Pat Flynn and many others and would like to one day have a few dozen of them making a few hundred dollars each per month. I know it's working for many people, but do you think it's a solid business as a service business or, or as solid as a service business or having a brick and mortar store? Well, Mark, I obviously totally love the internet business in general. And I know lots of people who have niche sites. I mean, people like Tommy Antion has a niche site on how to do a perfect toast, one that continues to generate income day after day after day. I mean, just think about it. The night before a wedding, you know, the best man saying, oh, geez, I'm supposed to do a toast tomorrow. I have no idea how to do that. He jumps on the internet, does a search here. Tom has a little 1995 book on how to do a perfect toast. Boom. That generates income for him month after month after month has for years. Now, personally, I'm more interested in one major umbrella, which lots of, with lots of components under it that complement each other rather than standalone sites that may not connect. I think there's a synergy. There's a building of momentum when you have sites. I mean, when you have products and services that all work together. So everything that I do has some connection with career opportunities, getting a job, starting your own business, finding your passion, but those things are all connected. So they're not standalone niche sites. So I like that, you know, rather than things that may not be connected, but, but really the key is you have to find what works for you and what you most enjoy. Is it possible to do well with niche sites? Absolutely. But then you contrast that with having a brick and mortar store. I mean, do I think that you can do well with a brick and mortar store? Absolutely. I, mean, I have a friend here who has a car wash and I mean, it's a real innovative concept. You can pay a monthly fee and get your car washed as many times as you want to. I mean, this is really a classy operation and he is knocking it out of the park. Am I going to be doing that anytime soon? Not a chance. So the real key here is to find what fits you. I mean, as we talk about, 
You know, finding work that you love takes a lot of form. So it's not a matter of just using somebody else's formula. Be careful about that. The real key comes back again to what is it that fits you? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you most enjoy? Well, hey, just a reminder, if you're listening for the first time or not used to who we are around here, I'm Dan Miller. This is the 48 Days Online Radio Podcast. And the 48 Days, of course, comes from uh, one of my books, 48 Days to the Work You Love. You've already heard me talk about that. If you've got a question, just go to the 48 Days site, click on the podcast link. You can shoot your question in there by writing it, by speaking it. Or if you're not near your computer right now and can remember it or just grab your iPhone, you can shoot a question to askdan, askdan at 48days.com. Well, this question comes from Regina, kind of a pointed question here. We need to give Regina some help, send Regina some love. Dan, I currently work four days a week at a job in a nonprofit that I used to love. It was everything I wanted in a job. But I don't love it anymore, and in fact, I struggle to show up every day. It's sucking the life out of me, but it pays the bills. The rest of my time is spent working on and in my small business. My boyfriend and I make and sell handmade dog collars and leashes. We have a small, very low overhead retail location, do local craft shows, and are in the process of creating an online store. I truly believe this business has the potential to grow and become quite profitable, but I'm so mentally and emotionally drained from what I call my paying job that I have little left to devote to growing the business. I feel stuck between these two worlds and want to create a plan to move forward and grow the business and leave the nonprofit world behind. Can you help? I've read and reread John Acuff's Quitter. And that has really helped me hang on until the time is right. But I'm not sure how much longer I can last. Thanks for all you do. Because of you, I discovered my inner entrepreneur. Well, Gene, it sounds like you're in a great position here. And I think you can create your own transition from one to the other. The nonprofit job that's sucking the life out of you. How did you phrase that? Um... Well, where was that? I know you said that. I'm so mentally and emotionally drained. I feel stuck between these two worlds anyway. Yeah, you're having a hard time keeping going at your nonprofit job, but you got this little entrepreneurial thing going on the side, making dog collars and leashes. So create your own transition. You know, I really understand that doing both is exhausting. So create a timeline based on success that'll allow you to quit your day job. It's not a matter of just getting so frustrated in your day job and you just say, man, I can't do this anymore. I'm out of here. No, do a very timely strategic transition where you stay in the driver's seat or that doesn't put you in a position of desperation. What I suggest is that you set as a benchmark making half your salary in your dog collar business for two months in a row. So let's just take as an example, let's say that you're making $3,000 a month in your job. That means you have to generate a profit, not gross sales, but a profit of $1,500 a month for two months with your dog collar business. And that's just working evenings and weekends. But with that in place, you then have a good foundation. You know that if you could devote all your time to that venture, you could make more sales calls, do more craft shows and festivals, and be on your way. Now, that's a very reasonable transition. 
Now, if you work really, really hard, if we use those figures again, you're making $3,000 a month and you work really, really hard and you make $500 a month on your side business, then I question is, does it really have the potential to ramp up and replace your income? Or is it just going to be a, a nice little side hobby business? I mean, if it really has a potential, then I think you ought to be able to, in your discretionary time, aside from your real job, get it at where it's doing at least 50% of what you're currently making. If you can reach that point, that ought to give you enough of a track record where you say, wow, if you really had more time to devote to it, you could duplicate and exceed your current income. That's how I would approach it. Ed says, Dan, I'm on month two of following your one plus one equals three mastermind group model. Um, you know, a few months ago, I wrote that document on how to create your own mastermind group uh, that uh, kind of went crazy out there, which was a fun thing to watch. But uh, some young guys did exactly what I laid out in there, formed a group, had astounding success in their own group. And because of that, that little ebook got a lot of traction. I've now pulled that back in and we are just ready to launch on Udemy this next week, probably a course on how to create your own mastermind group. I'll give you more details on that when it's actually up and I'll give you a special code to go there. If you want to get it there where I go through eight videos, they're short videos, but that's a lot of times how I develop a product idea where I see that it was really a hot topic and then we develop it we make it a more robust product develop it so people can go deeper so ed says i'm on month two of following the mastermind group i've been spreading the word of your material how it's helped me keep the material and podcast coming god bless you one of the guys in my mastermind group mentioned his plan to talk to a competitor from the same service industry to introduce himself as just starting in the industry what do you think as a recent startup myself in the electric sign business, I wonder if I should do the same thing with other sign companies. Well, here's how I view that. Ed, great question. And it really does address an issue that I see a lot in today's workplace. But here's the deal. The new buzzword in business is not competition. It's collaboration. Collaboration Focusing on collaboration will make you a whole lot more money than focusing on competition. Now we've seen the old, geez, the old outdated kind of business strategies, you know, crush the competition. I read recently, somebody said, if I saw one of my uh, competitors drowning, I'd put a hose in his mouth and turn the water on. Now, I mean, how ridiculous is that? Is that really what we need to do? I mean, that comes from such a scarcity mentality that there's only so much success, only so much money, only so much business to go around. If you get some, I get less. I mean, that's, that's just an outdated kind of philosophy. I don't care what kind of business you're in. So if you're in the electric sign business, absolutely. I would take to lunch everybody else in the sign business in your town. Share ideas with them. Now, I, I mean... I don't, I don't know what business your friend is in, but it really doesn't matter. I mean, I know lots of other coaches. You know, it's interesting when I used to be on the radio 
as a career coach, I would get criticized by other career coaches who said, geez, Dan, somebody calls in and asks, you know, what to do in a particular situation, how to put together a resume or how to interview. You tell them everything they need to know. Why would they ever need to come see any of us? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, have you been living in a cave for the last 50 years? I mean, my experience is that the more I give away, the more people are standing in line to give me money for anything, the next thing that I have. I mean, it's just the way that it works. The idea of giving, helping, sharing expands what comes into you. I mean, it's not a piece of the pie. The whole stinking pie shows up and more behind that. I mean, that's sure been my experience. I know, I know tons of other coaches. I know who specializes in working with women who are trying to get back into the workplace. I know who's great at helping people with a normal job search or somebody who likes to work with corporate guys who need to find another corporate position. I know a guy who works with people transitioning out of ministry work to the for-profit world. Those that work with the recently retired. I love having those people in place. We refer about 95% of the coaching requests that come into 48 days to other people. Now, some of those I have agreements with where I get affiliate fees. A lot of them I don't. I mean, there are a lot of coaches out there that I may refer three or four people to a year. I don't have any kind of agreement with them. I just know that they specialize, that they're rock stars in a particular area. And so I send people to them. Do you think I ever see any kind of return from that? Yeah. Over and over and over again. I know a lot of placement agency people. So these are from the Wright Associates and Lee Hector. Lee Hecht Harrison companies with they do outplacement with people coming out of companies. I'm friends with all those people. Do you think that maybe once in a while they get somebody who says, gee, I don't want another corporate position. I want to do something on my own. Who are they going to think of? Oh, gee, that's my buddy, Dan Miller. He's the one who helps people develop ideas on their own. All we do is just help people get another job. I get tons of referrals from people like that because I've befriended them over the years rather than seeing them as competitors. So I would encourage you to do exactly that. Absolutely. Get to know the other people in your industry. I think it'll do nothing but help you. Robert, Flint, Michigan. Now this is, this is an interesting question. Robert says, we recommend any resources on finishing what one starts. I never realized this was a problem until my wife pointed it out in a conversation last night. I have big dreams that never seem to get started, but I also can point to several projects that I have started and then I never seem to make time for them. I think this could be preventing me from working on those big dreams. Books, podcasts, scriptures are welcome. Anything you can recommend is welcome. Thank you. Great question, Robert. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Here's what I do. Being a solopreneur being somebody who works by himself. I don't have any boss looking over my shoulder. Now I do have a wife that looks over my shoulder and reminds me what I said I was going to do. I think that's a great asset to have. I'll give your wife the liberty to do that. Thank her for pointing those things out. I mean, that in itself is a great tool to keep you on track. But really, I don't expect Joanne to keep my feet to the fire. There are a lot of things that I work on that she doesn't even know I was working on it until after it's up and running. But what I do is I write my plans down. Don't just think. Don't just dream, hope, and wish. Don't just think about the things you want to do. Write it down. 
I mean, the act of writing it down makes it become much more real, that in itself. Then you can track your progress. So if you want to write a book, create an outline of the 12 chapters that you're going to do. Start putting content into each one. Give yourself a deadline for having the manuscript completed. Then identify where you need to be each week to stay on track. Now, I would do that with any project that you're really committed to. I mean, of course, the end goal has to continue to motivate you and draw you forward. If you don't make time for it, what you're really saying is simply it's not as important as something else. I know I I hear some of you objecting to that already, but let me go ahead. I'm going to make my case here. I hear people all the time say, well, I'd like to complete that invention I started. I'd like to finish the book or start my own business, but I just don't have time. Really? That is just something that I don't buy. I mean, we all have the same amount of time. We just decide how we're going to use it. So if you never finish that book, it just, tells me you've decided some other things are more important. And you know what I often see? I'm going to really get catty here for a minute. I mean, what I often see when somebody says, gee, I'd love to you know, be in business for myself, but you know, I don't have 10 to 15 hours a week to devote to building that up to where I'm creating 50% of my income so I can create a transition. But they seem to have time to watch football games or go fishing or play golf or just you know, go to the mall and hang out for five hours. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, just decide what's important and then let that guide how you spend your time. If you determine, I mean, we spend our time in what we consider to be important. I mean, it's really easy to, to know what you consider important. And if things fall by the wayside, you obviously have decided other activities are more important than that. Now, it can come down to th- some things that you consider to be, you know, that you can't get out of. I mean, this week, my mother-in-law fell outside her little complex over at the retirement center, fell and broke her hip. Well, all of a sudden, you know, Joanne was called in to do a whole lot of things that she hadn't allocated time for. You know, being at the hospital, making arrangements for surgery, and then making arrangements for a transition into a rehab center. I mean, yeah, there are things that come up, but when you just time and time again say, gee, I just don't have time, it says there's a whole lot of things that you just continually consider to be more important. I'm going to send you a copy, Robert, of Wisdom Meets Passion, my latest book, and in that it talks about how to carry through on things that we say that we really want to do. I hope that's a help to you. So I'm got that on its way to, I already shot a note to Ashley to get that out on its way to you, a copy of Wisdom Meets Passion. John from Toronto, Ontario says, thanks for being so inspiring and uplifting. I found you via Dave Ramsey and I just wanted you to know that listening to you has really changed the person who I am today and my outlook on the future. I was hoping you could clarify a couple of things for me. If you have a chance and perhaps other podcast listeners might have the same question as well. A couple of weeks ago, you listed your 10 steps when launching a product. Question number one Could you expand a bit more on the concept of surprise bonuses? Also, my cousin Ben had an intuitive question about the order of the steps. Are these steps interchangeable or should these steps be followed in order? If yes, what would be the benefit to adhering to this order? Now, again, this is a little difficult to convey via an audio podcast, but I laid out a process for launching a product. 
a lot of times I see people come up with a great new product and they just kind of put it on the shelf and say, well, there it is if you want it. Well, that's not really where you get stupendous success. If you want to launch a product, there are 10 steps to go through. Let me read through them real quickly. I'm not going to belabor this, but number one, introduce yourself. Number two, identify the problem or opportunity. Number three, personal results you've experienced. Number four, product review. Number five, price. Number six, bonuses. If you get this, you're also going to get this. Number seven, guarantee. Number eight, call to action. Number nine, surprise bonus. And then number 10, testimonials. Now, John was asking about number nine, surprise bonus. I mean, think about the things that you see on TV. You know, you order this vegetable chopper and we're going to send you, you know, this additional little book on, you know, how to pick out vegetables at the grocery store. And then, oh, if you order now, we're actually going to send you two of the vegetable chapters and you get closer to the end. Oh, here's a surprise bonus. I mean, we do the same things with products. Is it gimmicky? It can be if you aren't careful, but can it be a real incentive to get people to act? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do it all the time. If you get this, we're going to add this in. So the surprise bonuses, it can be a, a, an audio download. It can be a little ebook, depending on what you're offering. If you're selling you know, dog collars, it could be, geez, it could be a little dog treat that you're going to throw in there as a bonus if somebody orders your product. So there are a lot of things. Just be creative about what the surprise bonus is going to be. In terms of whether or not you do it in this order, here's my kind of suggestion for that. I got this product launch sequence from people who have used it, like Brendan Bouchard and Jeff Walker and Mike Koenigs and people like that, who have consistently, time and time again, Jeff Walker does a product launch using this sequence, and he's done it 10 times in a row where each launch has generated over a million dollars. That's why it gets my attention. I mean, when I see somebody who has used this sequence in this order and gotten that kind of results, it's like, yeah, I don't want to screw around taking a couple years to just experiment with maybe my own way. I'm just going to do it like they laid out. That's why I have it laid out as it is. It's not totally original with me. And that's why, yeah, I think you need to stick to the steps as they're laid out there. This comes from John, another John, who says, Dan, I listen to your podcast every week and enjoy each one. John is from Hiawatha, Iowa. Hiawatha. Jeez, I'd love to write that as a address. Hiawatha, Iowa. I listen to your podcast every week and enjoy each one. I also listen to Mike Hyatt, Jamie Tardy, John Dumas, Pat Flynn, and others, and have discovered there's a recurring theme to take action on a solution that solves another person's pain. I can do an ebook about my humorous military events spanning 14 years of service. That would that would get me to take action, but I don't see how this would help solve someone else's problem or pain. Would it be better to write the ebook taking action or to wait until I find a solution to help someone with their problem? Well, John, you know, we, we, we hear that old adage, you know, find a need and fill it. But today you can jump ahead, jump ahead of where people are with a need and educating them about something they didn't even know they needed. Now think about that. I mean, now, Henry Ford, I mean, this goes back, obviously, a ways, but Henry Ford says if I had asked people what they needed, they would have said faster horses. Now, think about Steve Jobs. Did we know we needed an iPod? Was that solving 
a point of pain? Nah, he introduced us to things we never dreamed of. They didn't solve a pain. They drew us into new areas of pleasure. Now, here's another important point with that. If you solve somebody's pain, yeah, and there's a lot of things that do that. Yeah, you can make a living doing that, but you're probably not going to get rich. But if you lead people into areas of pleasure with things that they never even knew that they needed, you can become stinking wealthy. Again, I hope that doesn't sound manipulative, but I mean, I tell people all the time, you can make a living giving people things they need that solve pain problems. You can fix washing machines or repair transmissions and make a decent living doing that, but you're not going to get rich. You can get rich selling yachts and jet skis and chewing gum. Those aren't things that solve people's pain. They lead them into areas of pleasure. Those are things people want, not things that people need. So no, I don't think you need to wait. You can do something really creative and have fun. And if you're military, humorous military stories, you know, do that. That's fine. You do not need to wait until you are creating something that only solves somebody's point of pain. Let me grab one more here. Andrew from Kansas City says, Dan, I'm working through 48 Days to the Work You Love. I'm a public school teacher, intend on fulfilling my contract, but I intend on leaving the profession. The earliest I could be available for a new employer is the end of May when the school year is officially over. Is it too early to start sending out cover letters and resumes? I'm assuming that most employers have a need currently and may not, may have no need, no idea what their needs are six months from now. Is my assumption wrong? Love your show, books, all that you do to enrich the lives of others. Well, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, you're right on track. I mean, this is November. If you need to fulfill a contract through the end of May, this is too early to start in the job search. If a company decides that they want you, they don't want to wait six months. So I'd go ahead and get your, but you, you can do a lot of things knowing that you have that timeline identified. I mean, that's wonderful. Knowing that you have that timeline, go ahead and, and identify the target list of companies that you'd like to work for, those 30 to 40 companies. Work on your introduction letter and your cover letter. Make sure that your resume allows you to redirect to a new line of work, that it doesn't force you to be seen as somebody simply in the public school system. Make sure that your resume is a sales brochure for where you want to go, not just a chronological snapshot of where you've been. You can do all of that. We're getting ready to go right into the holidays. That's going to be a busy time for everybody. Boy, first of the year comes, you're gaining momentum. You're really building up what you want to do. March 15th, boom, start your job search. March 15th, you start those introduction letters, go going out, go right through the job search steps in 48 days to the work you love. But yeah, March 15th would be your target time to have a, an early enough start to then secure a position where you're available the end of May. Great question. Well, just a little bit of a recap here. Incidentally, I want to tell you about Coaching with Excellence is the very first event that we've got coming up in January. The first event of the year is going to be Coaching with Excellence. If you want to be a coach, if you've got an area where people are already asking your advice and opinion and you're thinking, wow, what if I just frame this so I really position myself as a coach? Can I do what Dan talks about well, we're going to help you walk through how to do that. So you may be a parenting coach, a marriage coach, a career coach, a life coach, a health coach, a sport fitness coach. I and mean, there's a whole lot of areas that people are coming to us 
and we're going to help you position yourself as a coach and grow that business. Now, the first event is in December. We've got a deal going this week, and I'm not sure how long Ashley's got it set up for, but if you use the code, if you get a coaching with excellence as our live event, it's going to be, I think it's like the 16th and 17th of January. If you go there and you put in as a code C-W-E-L-I-B-E, that's Coaching with Excellence Live. So use the code C-W-E-L-I-V-E. You're going to get 10% off, which is a significant chunk of change if you do that in this first batch of people registering. We cut the registrations off at 48. Those always fill up, but we'd be delighted to see you here in January. Well, just a quick recap. We've talked about some interesting things today. Yeah, you can... Um, have products that don't just necessarily solve someone's pain. Can you make a job change in a hurry? Can you condense the 48 days? Absolutely. You can knock that down to one day if you just get out here and make it happen. Knock on doors. That's still a great way to get new positions. Keep in mind, it's probably not going to open up the door to an $80,000 a year position. It's not done in that way. But if you just need something else, you can do it very, very quickly. Well, thanks for being part of this amazing community. People who, in fact, are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, productive, and profitable. Hey, don't settle for less. Have a great week. Decide now what 2014 is going to be for you.